Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Today today is our one-day revival. It's the only guest that we're going to have with us this entire summer. And boy, we picked the best for you today. We're so thankful to have Pastor Nathan Keating and his wife Adina with us today. And uh, Adina and Robin were roommates at the Christian college that we attended. Nathan and I just happened to be smart enough to snatch up the best two girls on campus. Amen. So we both did pretty good for ourselves. But we're so glad that they are with us today. He pastors in Lumberton, Texas. For those of you who don't know, he's on our board of advisors for our church, one of three pastors uh, that helps to navigate our congregation and provide oversight to this congregation and to me, amen, as overseers. And we're so thankful for his influence in this church. And I'm excited that he's here with you today to bring us the word of the Lord. So why don't we welcome Pastor. Now, next time, we come, next time they come, he might be sitting on the pew. Because I've heard his wife has been shucking the corn. She just preached at their church, and I've been hearing all kinds of stuff about it. So why don't we, uh, Adina, wave your hand. I want to Let's give Adina and Nathan both some good life church love today. Amen. Thank you, shucking the corn. I hadn't heard shucking the corn in a long time, Pastor Buddy. I like that. I like that. I like that. Good to be in the house today, amen? amen? Turn around and tell somebody, you look a little skinnier than you did last week. You look a little thinner. little thinner. little thinner. Hey, um, I am so happy today that, to be here, first of all. My heart is joined in with this church uh, through, uh, this is our third time to be with you guys, and uh, our heart got connected with you through your pastor and pastor's wife who Again, as he mentioned, friends for a long time and even just grown closer in the last few years. And, um, and then he introduced us to you guys, and you are awesome. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad to be a part of and connected with a church that's growing and thriving and moving and just God doing big things. I, I like to be connected to good stuff, and this is good stuff. And I, I love that, and, and thank you so much for allowing us to be with you today, and I'm also glad to have, um, you know, we don't like to see people move from our church, and but we had an awesome family that moved from the heavenly lands of Texas <laughs> to Virginia. Now, I'm not going to say any bad thing about Virginia. I love Virginia, but I mean... They left, I mean, I don't know why they would do that. It's only 110 in Texas, and I can't fathom why they would want to leave that. But uh, the Welch family have just moved, uh, the entire family moved to uh, Richmond, and they are a great part of our church and a huge part of our church, and we miss them already greatly. But we're glad they're in Richmond, and I want them to wave their hand at us today. And uh, we, love the, we love the Welches. We still we still have one of their young their boys at uh, at, at our church, and um, so we're hanging on. We've got him 
handcuffed to the pews. We not that letter. So, hey, uh, we're uh, going to preach to you today. Anybody going to help me preach? And um, if you, what I call helping me preach is every once in a while I just say, "Amen, Hallelujah, Praise the Lord, Thank you, Jesus, Glory, Audio, something." And and uh, just let me know you're out there. But I want to minister to you today. I when we preach, I, I really want to like to minister to people, and and hopefully this message does that. I want I want to preach to you. And I want to untitle it, Your Name, everybody see your, your name is not Pattis. And I know that's a weird little ending there, and you'll get that towards the end of the message, but your name is not Pattis. But I want you to do something. I want you to turn around and tell your, your buddy that's sitting next to you, your friend, your whoever, if, it's, if you don't even know them, just, it's really more fun just to just wear them out. You ready? Here we go. Just say your name. I mean, a little, little, little tood, okay? Your name is not Pattis. One more time. Just say, I mean, a little, little fire. Your name is not Pattis. Term means bait and switch. They, they promise you one thing, but when they get to the end, it's not what they promised you. It was a bait and switch. So they lured you in with this. And then when it comes time to, to sign, you go, hey, what, y'all ever bought a car? And, and they, they lure you in with bait, and then they want to switch at you in the end. Uh, and and, and that's, a, that's a bait and switch. And sometimes we didn't realize when it took place that the enemy, when he promised something, it was so appealing that we bit at the promise, not really realizing that, when the switch come, that it was going to be a place of abandonment. And that's the spot where the kill, steal, and destroy is. Because that's what he come to do, kill, steal, and destroy. He don't attach that at the beginning. Because you, you would never take the bait. So he bait and switches. And, and on that end of it, you're left there with feelings of, of being abandoned. When that switch takes place, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I signed up for. That's not what I stepped in. And, and in that moment, you feel like, who left me here? And so I'm going to just briefly give you some, some bait and switches that the enemy will use. They're going to tell some of his tricks, okay? He'll say something like this. I, I promise you, if you make this decision, you're going to feel worth in your life. And then the switch comes is that you make a decision not based on truth, and at that place of abandon, he attaches to you failure. And so you take that name, failure, and attach it to your life, and if, you're, if you don't process it, if you don't get healing from that, and God doesn't deliver you, you'll carry that name, failure, the rest of the life. There's, there's people sitting in Christian churches this morning across America that are, are God-fearing, God-loving people, but they're carrying failure. You know why? Because every time they're asked to do something in the church, they don't think they can do it because they're still carrying an old name. They took the bait, and there was a switch, and they, left, they were left abandoned with this name failure. Maybe it's a bait like this. If you smoke this or you drink this, you're going to feel freedom from life struggles. Well, that's going to turn out good for you, right? But people just go all in. They, they buy into it. And, and you come down from your high, when they'll switch, you come down from your high with feelings of depression and what? Wanting more to escalate. So you drink, smoke, take, do whatever 
to get you more and you're left with abandonment. Maybe the bait is if you get into this sinful relationship that he promised you, you companionship. And so you step into that and the switch is you're left feeling cheap and you're only as good as the sex that you can produce and you're left feeling worthless. The bait may be if you get in this porn, it will bring life back to your marriage. <laughs> the switch is you're left with feelings that you have cheated and it opens you up to other sexual sins. Can I just preach today? It, this, is, this is one. If you quit church, it will give you more time in your week. Now, I know none of y'all bought that because you're here. So just go, whew. But 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 the enemies whispered that in your brain, that if you quit, it'll give you more time in your week. And the switch is he, he strips you of your lifeline of peace. You didn't, you didn't see it coming. And, and now, all of that is, is true, and you, you know that's true, but this is a, a little trick of the enemy that he'll bait and switch. The enemy, he, remember, he's a good little liar, and he will use bait that even attaches the Lord in it. He will attach things that have the Lord in it. And so you think, whoo, man, this is this. And in other words, like this. Listen, listen. If you follow God, you're always going to be healthy. Okay? But watch this. Here's the switch. I'm mad at God when I get sick. And I feel like God abandoned me. He set you up and you bit at that. Or, or, the Lord, there will never be any harm come to my life because I'm a Christian. And the switch on that is something bad happens in my family and I'm angry and mad at God and I walk out on God and the enemy won the whole time. And he left you abandoned because not even seemingly God was there. And the whole deal is what you just bought into a promise and a lie from the enemy. I like this one. <clears throat> your church is different than any other church and nothing will ever hurt your feelings. I don't understand why you are laughing right now. You know why you're laughing? Because all of a sudden you open yourself up to your church family and something hurts your feelings and you're left with the feelings of abandonment we call it offense and offended. And we're left holding that. And it becomes a name on it. You place offense on someone and they don't get healing from it, it they carry it like a name. It's on their shoulders, offense, and they're offended. And abandon is any place, to be abandoned is any place that you were left or you were dropped off. And when this happens, we start taking on the name of the place where we were abandoned at. And I could have you each take out a piece of paper in some place in your life where you, where you felt abandoned and you've carried that a little bit and, and maybe a big bit. And it's become the makeup a little, to, to some extent, of who you are. 
And it's, it's filtered down through your relationships. For instance, there may be, that, that's now where, well, they're just a person of fear. Well, that, that's become a title or a name over you, a person of fear, because somewhere you felt abandonment and, and you've, you always, or, or maybe anger, something was stolen from you somewhere in life, and now you're angry for what you lost and everyone you come in contact with, it's filtered out through that because it's filtered through an old name. Names matter. Maybe it's resentment. Maybe it's, maybe it's easily offended or depressed or worthless or uh, defeated or failure or forsaken or deficient. And people that are suffering from abandonment, they, they begin to lose their purpose and they isolate themselves so that you begin to protect yourself it's it's again a pl- feelings of abandonment create that you start you start isolating and pulling in and protecting yourself and and losing your purpose you can show you can think of right now someone you know even in the church in the house of god that started feeling those feelings of abandonment and picking up those names and they started isolating themselves they started losing their purpose. They used to be full of purpose, but now they've lost their purpose, and now they're going to protect themselves. It will cause you to say if, things like, if, if they really get to know me, they're going to leave me. You're scared to death to have a relationship, and so we start dropping bombs in the relationship because if I drop them first, then they won't hurt me. I can hurt first. Or, or we, we believe no one understands what we're going through. Those are all feelings of abandonment. There was a man in the Bible, his name was Joseph. And Joseph was abandoned and his family sold him to human traffickers. And it was, it's, a, it's a, one of the most powerful stories in the Bible. And, and this guy, his family, his brothers turned against him. And, and his, left him in a pit and sold him to human traffickers. And you would think when you look at this story, where is God in the midst of all of these feelings of abandonment? And that's exactly where you'll look at your own life and say, where is God in the midst of all of this? And I need to tell you what the Bible says about that in Genesis 39 and 2 because it tells you exactly where God is when abandonment is being felt. It says this, the Lord was with Joseph. (laughs) I just got to stop and tell you, You want to know where God is? The Lord is with you. In your feelings of abandonment, in your feelings where you feel like everything has walked out on you, I got good news for you today on this Sunday morning at 11 something o'clock. And that is Jesus is right there with you. Your God has not abandoned you. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in the house. Maybe, maybe you were abandoned as, as a kid by a parent. Maybe you were abandoned by a spouse. Maybe your church somewhere you felt like abandoned you. Or maybe your job that you gave your best years to abandoned you. Maybe your best friend has abandoned you. Maybe a, a loved one died and you feel abandoned. I want to just tell you the, the, this God that I'm speaking about This one whose name is Jesus has felt all of those feelings of abandonment. Now, and I I know we go, yeah, yeah, he's felt everything, but, but he really did. At the age of 12 years old, 
Let me tell you what happened to him. He's 12 years old. He's not even a teenager yet. And his mom and dad go to the big city, and he, he goes with them, and it's a slow ride, and they get down there. Can you imagine? They're probably riding donkeys or camels, and they get down there, and they get to the city, and mom and dad get involved in stuff, and they go to leave. And they leave Jesus. No, you got you got to understand what's on. Jesus, like he's a big deal, and Mary knows he's a big deal, and Joe knows he's a big deal, but Joe and Mary, it's as if they got in a Lamborghini and left really fast, but it was not true. They had no Corvette, no Lamborghini, or leaving on a fast plane. It's on a donkey. It's like leaving in slow motion. And nobody ever goes, hey, we're missing the Son of God. I mean, what could you possibly be arguing about, Mary and Joseph, that you forgot about Jesus? Goodness gracious. Can you imagine? Jesus made the best of it. He ends up in the temple teaching and, and, and talking, and, and, and it's a cool story, but, but, but don't think he didn't feel feelings of abandonment. And we know Jesus felt stuff like this because even later on in, in the Gospels, we find Jesus on the cross, and he's in this dying moment. And we, we want you to hear this, this flesh side of a man cry out, he says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He literally feels abandoned. He, he feels like something has walked out on him when he needed it the most. And God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus, he did all of this. He went through all of this. He felt those feelings so that he could stand in the place where you were abandoned and give you a new name. He want to give you a new name. And, and you were an orphan. You were left. You were abandoned. And, and, and he adopted you. And he, he, you cry, Abba, Father. That's one of those 31 names. Abba. And, and you cry out and go, this, this God who, who loves me and cares for me reaches out and has adopted me in as my heavenly father and I have something that I'm connected to that I'm no longer abandoned but I am connected to the king of kings and the name that is above every name. Somebody say Jesus. I, I just a few months back went with Pastor Buddy and Robin and Dean and I joined up with them and we well, some other pastors and went to the Philippines and we we spent days upon days in an orphanage called Ima's Home and I, I, I when I make statements like that you are an orphan and the, your father adopted you and put on a new name gives me whole new new different feelings because I hugged 118 
orphans for multiple days, so much to the point that we were depleted on giving hugs. And, and, and you just have to be there to understand, I mean, it's just constant five, six kids on you, hugging you, touching you, feeling the, what it feels like to hug a dad, and hug a mom. And, and, and that's the same thing I'm saying. It gives me whole new feelings to understand my heavenly father, my heavenly daddy reached down in my place of abandonment with names that were attached to me and said, get those names off of you. I'm going to put a new name on you. Put a new name of you. But if we, if we don't allow that processing from God to take place, that we carry these old wounds, and before long we are feeling the pain and spiritually from a wound that never really happened by God. He was not the offender, but it has been relayed over to God because you have no one else to take the blame. And God lets you. He lets you scream out at Him. And He lets you, he lets you cry out, why God? He lets you curse Him and get mad at Him and frustrated at Him. When all the time, He was not even the one that created the offense. But He loves you so much. That He will let you scoff at Him. He will let you relay hurt onto him because his shoulders as the, the father can handle what you can't handle. And he says, bring it on because it's worth it because I have a new name placed on you. My God is big enough to take your relayed hurt. I, I used to, uh, when I hear people really get mad at God, I thought I had to take up for God. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. And I'd kind of get frustrated and want to argue for God like I was his big brother. And, and one time the Lord kind of said, Nathan, why don't you just shut up? I'm big enough to handle this. These are my kids. I love them. I don't need you fighting for me. I just need you to be an example of the love of who I am. But I don't need you fighting for me. Just be quiet and let me do what I'm good at. He, he wants that hurt. He holds that hurt. He's your father. Jesus came out of the grave and he did that to give us authority over the name through the power of his name. He has the authority and no one else does to rename you. He has given you dominion. He has given you authority over every other name through the use of his Hallelujah. Somebody said Jesus. It is a, you, you, need, you need to get to this altar today and join in with me today to have an eviction party for all of the old names that you've taken on and kick those out and let God rename your life. Turn to somebody and say, your name is not Pattis. I'm not that anymore. I, I am a child of God. Through rejection, I often find direction to something better in my life. It's in the points where I felt rejected, abandoned, that God takes that moment in life when I bring it to Him and He renames it. He takes the old names, redeems those, and turns them into testimonies for me.
You'll never be more powerful in ministry. And when I say ministry, that can be pulpit ministry, life group ministry, freedom group leader ministry, praying for people on the altar, whatever it may be, whatever ministry that God's called you to. You'll never be more powerful from the point where you know and you can feel what people have been through in that area. Are you with me? And so... Because in that spot you feel abandoned, but you know that has been redeemed and turned now what the devil meant for evil, God turned for good. And now you take the good and use it to help apply new names to people around you. Man. And so I want to make a a statement today. I want to make a statement, and that is this. And and, and I don't don't know how y'all do it at this church. Here's how we do it. At Parkway, uh, we we take pictures of the screen, or we they take notes. But but a lot of times, we just take pictures of the screen because it's real easy. So if you have a if you have an iPhone, which or you have a phone, which everybody in this church does, I'm sure. Take a picture of what I'm about to say because you're not going to remember it, but you need to remember it later on. And that is this: it's not your fault that you were abandoned. But it is your responsibility to not live carrying the name of the place of abandonment. I'm going to say it one more time. It is not your fault that you were abandoned. But it is your responsibility to not live carrying the name of the place of abandonment. That's a big statement. Joseph was abandoned. And, and, and he stepped, he was in the place where he was abandoned that he stepped into his purpose and he can't move beyond the feelings of abandonment or he would never have been able to save his brothers and save his country, but he stepped into his God purpose through the place of abandonment. We have new names, names bestowed on us that God has given us and no longer are we forsaken, but now we are called chosen. No longer are we deficient, but we are called blessed. Somebody say, I am blessed. That's a new name spoken over you today. Doesn't that feel good to say that? You shall no longer be called wounded. You shall no longer be called outcast. I rebuke every devil in hell that would call you lonely, that would call you afraid. But now you've got a new name, and the new name is labeled on you. It's called confidence. It's called joyfulness. It's called faithfulness. It's called a friend of God. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in this house. You are not what the enemy spoke over you. When we were in the Philippines, which I've already mentioned, and I want to stop right here and speak to this church a couple things, but before I move on in this message, but when we were in the Philippines, we, uh, we, we went to Ima's home, which was this orphanage. There was 118 kids. There's 119 now, but there was 118 there at that time. And your pastor, I, I'm giving kudos to your pastor and the shout out to this church. He woke up one morning and the Lord had laid on his heart to, and by the way, I'm not in the leadership of Ima's home. I'm just like your pastor. I'm just a supporter of it. But so I'm not about to take it up an offering, okay? Y'all don't get nervous. But he woke up, and the Lord had laid on his heart to give 
in a huge way to Ima's home. And one of the things he felt like is he wanted to buy, through this church, buy all of the food, their daily food for Ima's home. That's a, that's, a good, that's a good chunk of change. I was glad the Lord spoke that to him and not me. <laughs> that's bad. I'm just being funny. But, but he spoke that to him, and he acted on it and while we were there. And, and then he came home and began to, and I think he's told you all about that. If not, the cat's out the bag. And, and he's given through this body of believers to Ima's home. In fact, I, I need you to feel worse than this, that there are kids, the kids of Ima's home are eating today. 119 orphans are eating today because you gave. See, when I told you to, when I told you that to say blessed, and you said blessed, and that felt good, you really are blessed. You're so blessed that you blessed 119 kids that they're eating today. It's flowing out of you. You may not even realize it, but you you could you could go in and go in this church, man. We or you could go in. Look what God has given us. And 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 I'm gonna tell you, you've been blessed. And he is, and it's not because. Y'all can't do this because this is a super rich church. Uh, it's, y'all have got bills. Let me, let me give you a, he said, all right, hallelujah. I don't know if your pastor is excited about that, but yeah. But, but I, I mean, let me give you a, a praise report. And I'm going to tell you just briefly our story just real quick so that give faith on your, to your story. But. After, we had something called Hurricane Harvey, and, and the Welches know all about this. Our entire area was completely destroyed by water, 55 inches of water. It, it, it's, un, it's a thousand-year flood. It's crazy. It flooded everything. It flooded our church. The entire campus of our church was, was flooded. We couldn't even have church in our building. It was, it was disastrous. We had a note on our building, but through that, it cost us $2.2 million to remodel our building that did not tap into the big side of our insurance because it was flood. So we took on, a, uh, we took on another note. And I literally at one time thought I was going to have to remortgage my house to pay for this thing. I, we were struggling to get a loan because we already had a loan. Does that make sense? And, and so now you've got to understand, a week before Harvey, we had a meeting in our church trying to figure out where we were going to get $50,000 to do a remodel for our kids' ministry. And we went ahead and said we'd do it even though it depleted our funds. I want you to get a picture of that, okay? A week later, we hit, Harvey hit, we have to do a $2.2 million remodel. So I need you to understand, we had a huge big payment. Now we're taking on a huge loan. And in that, the Lord began to deal with me that we needed to give to missions more than we've ever given. And I was like, <clears throat> Lord, are you, you you're sure about that? I mean, we're, am my ears unclogged? Am I hearing you correctly? And so we did. We had never given this amount of money, and so we started giving like, that year we gave like $80,000 in missions. Now, that sounds real good to you, but I'm going, we need that money to pray for sheetrock. 
and bills and all this stuff. But I felt that strong. And I think it was huge, the timing of that. Because God needed us to trust Him. Because He wanted to put a new name on our church that we weren't begging for $50,000 for a kid's ministry, but we had a plenteous blessing on our life. New name. And so we went through. i gotta, I got to hurry on the story. But I, can I just tell you the, 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 the end of this? It's been five years, I think, since we got our remodel done. And in that amount of time, we went from that scarcity mentality and giving exponentially for us and now this year we will give, and I'm not bragging, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a praise report. We'll give 140000 at least in missions. And when we gave exponentially when we didn't have, God blessed us exponentially. We were able to completely pay off our first note. I don't know how it happened. I'm just telling you God did it. Not only that, we bought a three and a half acres next to us. Not only that, we did a huge, added a, a parking lot. And then God has done crazy miracles on our current note. And let me just tell you something. God has done all of that and I can mark it to the moment when we made a decision to give bigger than we've ever given. Now listen. I told you I'm not fixing to take an offering. I'm not, I'm, I'm honoring you today because you've got bills. You've got all of these other things, and you're not debt-free. But hear me what I'm telling you, and I'm speaking this in the Holy Ghost. Exponential financial blessings God's going to put on this body because you gave when you didn't really completely have to give. Now, let me make you more excited. God can't bless this body without blessing you. Oh, yeah, that come to home, didn't it? He can't bless this body without blessing you because he blesses the body through you. And so you need to raise your hand and say, I'm blessed. I, I'm not, again, secretly about to take an offering. I'm telling you, God's blessings are on you. Pastor Buddy said earlier that this year y'all will give a hundred grand in missions. I, I, I just got to tell you, your giving is going to open up. And I'm going to tell you this, this church is no longer in a place where it used to be. But tomorrow's, I know, are greater. In the last year, you've had a hundred soul revival. You didn't even maybe know that because it's gone kind of unseen. But I'm just going to tell you, God is blessing exponentially and it's not over because you have a new name on you. You have a new, you're not even the church you used to be. You're a new place, new house of freedom. And in this house, God's going to bless it than the, for more than the former. Somebody give the Lord a praise offering if you believe that today. I speak that in prophetic word over this church. And I don't do that randomly. I told you our story to give you faith. God's got big things for this body. Amen? Amen? Come here, Pastor Buddy. Come here. I don't know. I feel like doing this. Come here just real quick, real quick. You're taking up my time. Hurry up. <laughs> Hurry up here. Turn around. Face the congregation. Look right here. There's debt. I'm, 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 come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. 
Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This is not his church. It's God's church. It's your church. Come on, somebody claim that with me in faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, I got to get back to preaching. We're at, we're at the, um, the Ima's home, and Pastor Jim, who's the founder of Ima's home, who is the adoptive father of all of these kids, great man, great pastor, he told us a story one night, all of us pastors when we were there, and this story lit me up. He said, I want to tell you a story about, and he showed us the young man out there playing, and we eventually got a, a picture of him. And, and, and let, me, let me put the picture on the screen. Let's put the picture on the screen. It was this particular young man, one of the orphans. And he said, let me tell you a story about him. He said, we, we got him. He was just a small, small, small boy when, he was, when, they, when the Imas got him. And, and Pastor Jim heard everybody at Imas calling him Pattis, which is where we get the name for the message, obviously, today. Everybody, everybody in the, every, all the kids, the adults, everybody's calling him Pattis. Pastor Jim picked up on this and heard this and said, asked the, the administrators and the different ones at Ima's home, the orphanage, he said, can I ask you a question? Why are we calling this little boy? He's much smaller than this at the time. This is him now. But why are we calling his name? Why are we calling him Pattis? What is Pattis? And they told him the story. He said, Pastor Jim, we got a call to pick up a little boy. And the place where he was dropped off by his parents was at a restaurant. And the name of the restaurant was called Pattis. And they said he was too young. We, we, we didn't know his name. He didn't know his name. He was a baby. We didn't know his birthday. We had no papers on him, nothing. We didn't know what else to call him. So we called him Pattis. And, and I just want to stop and say this right here. Isn't that just like the enemy? You make one mistake, you have one failure, you have one situation, and all of a sudden the enemy wants to start naming you after your place of failure and your brokenness. But today's the day in Jesus' name that's broken. And Pastor Jim heard this and he said this. It fired something up in Pastor Jim. He said, wait a minute. We will no longer call him after the place of his abandonment. Cool, that's good stuff right there. And... and I, I, that lit me up. It woke me up two mornings while I was there, and I shared it with the pastors. I, it, it, it awakened something in my soul. Of course, this message was born out of it. That how many times we are named after our place of abandonment. That the enemy in life wants to name me after the place. And I, I walk around carrying Pattis. I walk around carrying that a place of brokenness and the Pattis in my life. 
but I'm preaching today, your name is not Pattis. And this is what Pastor Jim responded back. He said this. He's, they said, well, Pastor Jim, what will we name him? What, what do we name him? We don't know what to name him. And he said this. He said, my daddy's name was James. And my name is James. So you know what we're going to call him? James. I am the adoptive father. Can I just tell you, your name is not fear. Your name is not anger. Your name is not brokenness. Your name is not cheater. Your name is not liar. Your name is not forsaken one. But your name is above all names. He has placed on you the authority, the power to be delivered of what used to hold you and what it used to abandon you. And your name is now a name that is above every name that he's placed on you. Peace, healing, restoration, anointing, the fruits of the Spirit He places on you. You are not, and I say it with the unction of what the Father would speak over you. Your adept, adoptive daddy speaks over you and says, I tell you, you are not named after your place of abandon. Turn, turn around and tell somebody right now, but now I want you to say it with a little more unction, like you kicking the devil's names off. Say, your name is not Pattis. Come on now. I'm feeling something up in here. Somebody stand with me, please. Would you do that? Somebody shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Out. Shout. Everybody, please, just stand with me and shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Come help me, worship team. You're no longer adulterer. I know you had adultery, but you're no longer adulterer. I know you told a lie, but you're not a liar. God's put a new thing and a new name over your life. You walk in this room with strength and healing and restoration. I want to close out what I'm preaching about today and then let you go eat it pizza or something. It's Isaiah chapter 62 and we're going to wrap it up. And this text jumps out at me because it goes so well with what we've preached to you today. And it says this, Isaiah 62 and I'm going to jump around in different verses but listen to this. You will be called by a new name. Somebody say new name. That the, this is huge that the mouth of the Lord will bestow in other words he is the only one that has the authority which he purchased to bestow a name over your life you call it a new name one that the Lord will bestow watch this no longer will they call you deserted Name your land desolate. In other words, no longer are they going to put a name saying, you're deserted, and not only are you deserted, but everything around you is desolate. But from now on, 
one, I'm going to put a different name on you. Watch this, watch this. But, you're, but you will be called Hespa. And you're like, well, that was an awful long name. This is God speaking. He said, you're going to be called Hespa. What is that? Hespa means my delight is in her. church not realizing that God takes delight in you. You thought God took delight over the, the other person because they're the this and that. You not no. He, he he's the only one that can bestow you a name, and he takes off desolate, deserted, and puts on you Hespa, which my delight, my delight is in my church. My delight is in. Listen to this. And my favor, my pleasure, my attention is on you. You are God's husband. You're the one he delights in. I feel the spirit of the Lord in this room. Let me read some more. And your land, Beulah. So he renamed the person, and then he renamed everything around him. And Beulah means married. He said, my delight is in her, and I'm going to name everything around you Beulah, which means Mary, which you'll see here more in a second. For the Lord will take delight in you, Hespa, and your land will be married. Hear it? So he's fleshing out the Beulah and the Hespa. For the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. And then he says this, as a bridegroom rejoices, this is verse 5, be part of verse 5. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so we are God. Rejoice over you. See, that's, that's what comes with a new name. Not only am, am I blessed, not only does he take delight in me, but everything that I touch that's around me. saying I'm blessing it. It's not desolate anymore. I feel this is a word so strong for this church. Because everything that's, I'm going to tell you, when you walk through Richmond, you claim everything. God has called this church as a beacon, and I believe that. Speak it. Claim it. Be, be a pastor in every room you walk in because God's calling you to minister to every room you walk into and as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride so will I, will I rejoice so God will rejoice over you I, I don't know if y'all been with Pastor Buddy much but he will drive you crazy about his grandkids I mean and, and I didn't understand it because I didn't have grandkids. But they will call when we're trying to talk in the car. And there's talk forever. And, and we're FaceTiming while he's driving. So I'm praying that we get, get there safely. And Pastor Buddy's going, look, look. You know what he's doing? I'm being funny, but... Now I have grandkids as of four weeks ago, so I'm, I'm understanding. 
So I can't wait till the next time. I, well, I'm with Pastor Buddy this week, and I'm just going to call my grandkid that can't even talk yet. And I'm just going to look, 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 look. But you know what's going on there? Well, granddaddy here is rejoicing over his kids. He, he's rejoicing, and I know Xavier and, and, and would feel that same way about this child that kept calling while we were trying to talk. But that daddy rejoicing, that's the same feelings that that father, your heavenly father, says, I'm going to rename you. You're mine. I'm married. We're connected. And I rejoice over you. I don't know, I just can kind of feel and see in the spirit today that the Heavenly Father is over this room saying, you're my kids. I've got you. I hold you. I rename you. You are not what the enemy has told you. You are not the failure. But I call over you that you are loved and beloved. I want to open these altars up today as we sing. And we got a beautiful song we're going to sing for you that ties this message in together but as we do I want you if this message spoke up into your world would you step out and get to an aisle or get to this front and begin to throw your hands up and worship a God who adopted you and, and called you out and, and maybe maybe you need to get up here and, and let the Lord just baptize you with a new name thank you just baptize you with a new name thank you for coming look at this come on that's, that's beautiful beautiful let's come down here and, and as we begin to sing just begin to let some things fall off of you some old yesterdays and let some healing and tomorrows and brighter futures and beautiful tomorrows step out in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But the highest king would welcome me I was lost but he brought me and oh his love for me oh his love for me
our lives where you have to have a defining moment where you reject an old identity and you embrace your new identity. There's got to be moments where you realize, as the pastor said so well, I'm not an adulterer. That's not who I am. That might have been what I did, but that's not who I am. I'm not a liar. That might have been something I did, but that's not who I am. Because he who the Son sets free is what? Come on, you're free indeed, amen? That little boy who was abandoned in a restaurant, sitting in a booth for hours before the staff realized something was wrong, is now a little boy with about 20 to 30 moms and dads, uncles and aunties, they call them. He's got 118 brothers and sisters, and he carries the name of the founder of the orphanage. And you know what? All because Pastor Jim said he's not going to be defined by his darkest moment. And I'm talking to some of you right now. You're believers, but hear me. And you know the way the, the enemy works, he constantly brings it back up again and again and again. I could give you names that have been spoken over my life that I constantly reject because I know the devil is a liar. Amen? Come on, somebody. over my life, even since I became a pastor. But you know what? I reject it in the name of Jesus. And I don't want you to miss these moments like right now. For some of you, I'm taking the time to do this right now before we close. You need to plant your feet in this floor today and say, I am no longer fill in the blank. Come on. I am no longer Whatever that was or whoever that was, that's not who I am, amen? I'm a child of God. And every time, and here's what the devil does. He Every time he perches on your shoulder, he starts whispering, yes, your name is. You are. You need to say, I reject it. And I'm just telling you, sometimes you got to say it out loud. This might sound great. I, I do it all the time. I say, devil, I say it out loud. Devil, you are, a, you are a liar. I reject that in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the blood of Jesus is over me. Come on, you need to reject that lie right now. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask them to sing so nobody will be listening to you. I want you to sing loud and proud. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to lift your hands and say, I reject the lie that I am whatever it is, or if you don't want to say it out loud, the Lord knows and the devil knows, and I am who he says I am. And when you walk out of here today, I want you to walk out of here a new person in Jesus, amen? I want you to walk out of here a new person, walking in the authority that the Spirit of God has placed on your life. And if you are not a Christian yet, or if you don't identify as a believer, I want you to begin that journey today. And say, God, I just ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me of my sins. Help me to accept you into my life and begin a brand new relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you feel like you want to be baptized. We'll baptize you. Whatever it is, but I don't want you to miss this moment. And go out of here the same way you came in. Amen. So as they sing again, I want you to lift your hands all over this house. God, I receive my new identity, Lord. 
I walk in the power of who you are in my life. Come on. I am a child of God. Come on, that's it. Sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.